blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, Is There Not a Cause? And now here is Bishop Caldwell. Go to 1 Samuel, chapter 17. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And today we're going to be talking about David and Goliath. David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I want you to key in on verse 26. This is not our primary text, but we are headed in that direction. 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 17 and 26. And David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now that's that 26th verse. And then in verse 29 the Bible says, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? That's what I want to talk to you about. What is your life worth? And what are you doing with it? Is there not a cause? We are being inundated today with republicanism, with people trying to turn back voters' rights, people trying to carry people back to the cotton fields and back in chains. It has not been that very long generation since we have come out of that. Is there not a cause? God is looking and calling for greatness in every generation. And if you read this entire 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, you're going to find out that the armies of Israel were afraid. But God had one man. It only takes one to make a difference in a generation. In Frederick Douglass' generation, in the early 1800s, wisdom and no fear found him and he stood up. In 1831, Nat Turner 
dropped fear and stood up. In our day, it was Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And you know, we sit back and we watch these figures come across the TV screen. And a lot of us have our opinion about people that are forthcoming to say what needs to be said in any generation, and especially this one. When it seems as though there is a great disconnect between this generation and what God wants to do with us in our lifetime. For those of you that are not aware, you need to be aware that a generation is approximately 18 years. Between 18 and 20 years, that's where you have a generation. Today we're living in this time where you could ask the average individual, someone that looks like me, a black man, are you registered to vote? No. Well, what in the hell do you think you're going to do? Where are you headed and you have no civic responsibilities? Where are you going? It's time to figure out why you are here. It's time to figure out what are you going to do with your life. And it's time to kill fear. Now in this generation, God is looking for some Davids because we're not running short on Goliaths. It's bad when 60 Democrats have to flee the state house in Austin to go all the way to Washington, D.C. for refuge because the governor over there is trying to turn back the hands of time. And in every generation, these people are trying to turn back the hands of time. The deepest, broadest, and most sweeping legislation in our lifetime happened in 1965. And you know, President Kennedy was killed November the 23rd, 1963 in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas. Lyndon Baines Johnson signed the Voters' Rights Act into law in 1965. And from 1965 to where we are right now, or right now, <laughs> these forces have been trying to turn back the hand of time. And because of this insidious mindset that's traveling with a lot of folk that don't look like me, when that legislation was signed in 1965. It didn't quieten the KKK. It generated people like the Boogaloo Boys, the Oath Keepers. And you would think after all these years that the United States government would have made the KKK a terrorist group, they haven't. 
because we are dealing with forces and powers and principalities that are trying to turn back the hand of time. Donald Trump is a Goliath. It's going to take faith in people that know the Lord and understand civic responsibility to get out there and vote. Ain't no way you ought to have no 18-year-old nowhere around your house that's not registered. This battle is not going to go away. And this is not about hating no white folk. This is about saving your house. Can you tell the Lord thank you? David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, we're going to find something here that all of us need to take very close attention and look at. In 1 Samuel 16 chapter and the 7th verse, the Bible says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now this was when God sent Samuel. You know Samuel. His mother's name was Hannah. And you remember when Hannah carried her son Samuel to the house of God and presented him there for the rest of his life? Well, Samuel had now grown up in the things of the Lord. And that's what we need to be trying to do with our children. So Samuel, anointed by God, was sent to Jesse's house in Bethlehem to anoint God a king for Israel. And David was his name. Jesse had eight boys. Three of them came before Samuel and all just didn't flow. You got to be anointed in this generation. Not to make a difference, but to be the difference. And so God doesn't look at the outside of a person. God looks in at the heart. I'm headed somewhere. In verses 12 and 13 of this 1 Samuel chapter 16, you'll find these words. And he sent and brought him in, brought David in, into the house in Bethlehem, in his daddy's house. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, David was, and of a beautiful countenance and handsome. You know, like the pastor. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. <laughs> the Lord said, this is he. In verse 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day onward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Something very important to see right here. 
David didn't even know whether or not there was a Goliath when he was anointed. See, we have to take what God wants to do with us step by step. Because we don't all grow at the same pace. And we're not all going to get where we're headed to overnight. But, but that would be a problem in the future. That God would anoint through Samuel, David, to take care of the problem. See, you, you have no idea what your child is to become. What your son, your niece, your nephew, you have no idea because you're not God. But if we expose our children to the things of God at an early age, when they get old, they won't depart from it. So Samuel held that horn of oil. Just as three boys came, the oil didn't flow. So Samuel became perplexed and said, now there's got to be some, something else here because I know that God don't do wasted motions. So Jesse, ashamed of his son David, because David had a lowly job. What was that lowly job? Tending the sheep. If God tells you to pick up pencils after Sunday school, consider yourself blessed. You're a blessed pencil picker-upper. There are no little things with God. So they all flowed. And Daniel, not Daniel, David, received his anointing in his generation to be the difference. So time rolled on. And there arose a problem. Now what you need to get is this. You are anointed for success. But you won't know what to do with your anointing until you have a problem. I need to say that again. You just not run around here anointed for success and don't have no trials. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. So when was David anointed? He was anointed before Goliath showed up. See, the anointing doesn't come because you have a problem, but because you have a problem, the anointing kicks in. And there's just too many of us worried about stuff over which we have no control and don't even realize that us is anointed. Every one of God's children is anointed. Every one of God's children is gifted. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So David was anointed. Say these words to me. David was anointed before he met Goliath. It's the anointing that makes the difference. In any generation. Whether it's Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Benjamin Mays, whoever it is. And I'm not saying all these people go to church. Or have been to church. But I'm saying when you have no fear. Of what's going to happen to you. And you realize. That you're standing for a higher good. And for a higher calling. Then whether it's anointing or not. Something's going to kick in. And you're going to find yourself standing over there. Saying things that you are shocked yourself to hear. 
Because there comes a time in every man's life when he's no longer afraid. He stands up for what he believes in. And he goes forward with that same conviction. And that's what separates the men from the boys. Now there's something deeper here. David was anointed. But you need to realize, those of you that have a lot of tenacity, need to realize that every fight ain't yours. You don't want to get killed over yonder in front of the bar because somebody came through there shooting. If you die, you need to die in the service of the Lord. Because the devils are always trying to take us out. But God is the reason that we are still here. 1 John 2.27 Y'all hold 1 Samuel 17 because we're coming back there. But I want to show you this. David was anointed for success and so are you. Say these words, I'm anointed for success. Tell your neighbor and so are you. See there's no failure in God. That means God cannot fail you because he's in you and you shouldn't be failing. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, the Bible says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Abide in your anointing. And where it says you have no, mit, no need of any man teaching you does not mean that you don't need to come to Sunday school. It simply means that no man can teach the things of the Spirit of God unless the Spirit of God gives them to him. We're not that smart. So if we're getting anything out of church, it's the Lord giving it to us. Can you say amen? So you are anointed for success. Stay in your lane. Don't be a busybody meddling in other people's matters. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. David and Goliath, but there's a backdrop to all of this. You are anointed so that whatever comes up in your life, you can handle it if you stop and pray. If you stop and pray and ask the Lord, lead me, guide me. Tell me what is right. Tell me what is wrong. Give me the truth and he will do it. God even knows how to pay a mortgage, a light bill. He knows how to fix a car. And he can even raise up a young man from his birth that don't have the pleasure of what we have the ability to see, but can see music we all got a gift second timothy 1 and 7 for god has not given us the spirit of fear come on david but of power and of love and of a sound mind be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me his prisoner but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to 
the power of God. The gospel comes with affliction. It causes you to lose people you've been going or running with all your life because now you got a new mission, new God, new heart, new start, and you're headed in another direction. So when people leave you because you are a go-to-church person, they consider yourself blessed. You didn't need that trash in your life anyway. Quit trying to hold on to people that don't want to be held on to and only bow your knees to Jesus. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. But what God has given to each of us is power, love, and a sound mind. Now, if I got a sound mind, I don't have all hammers. I ain't got no help in here. That doesn't come from God. Say these words, I'm anointed for success. Success only appears one time in the Bible, I found it. And no silver in the book of Joshua. If you keep your eyes on the word, and if you focus on what God would have you to do, and you meditate on that word, both day and night, you're going to have good success. All right, back to 1 Samuel. All right, now, that, that's just introduction. Uh-huh. I ain't scared. You cannot be successful and have a sweet life living it in fear. So David is a picture of courageousness and boldness in his generation. Goliath is a bully. You know, bullies have always been around. But God is telling us bullies can't live where courage is. Can't do it. So we need to take our key from the Bible. All right, let's get into this. Now, when David began to fight Goliath, it was just a one-shot deal. <laughs> it was a one-shot. Because God gave him the victory. And God in his providential care. Now watch this. This is the tricky part. God in his providential care spoke to Jesse, David's daddy. And said, okay, send David to the front line of the war to carry his brothers some cheeses. Send David. Now David was minding the sheep. He said, okay, dad, I'll go. And it's important to go where the Lord tells you to go. So David went down to the front line. And look at verse 17. 1 Samuel 17 and 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. See if they got anything to send home. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel. Now Saul is the king. 
Oh, the, the chicken king. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early. Rose up. All right, just want to know if you're here. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his baggage in the hand of the keeper of the baggage and ran into the army and came and greeted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Goth, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines. Now these were black folk. Hello? You know the Philistines were color people. I just want you to understand this now. Today's message, Is There Not a Cause? FC3083, FC3083 is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885. Or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. Or email us, greenwoodacres at comcast.net. Know Your Bible radio broadcast is now available as a podcast. You can listen to Know Your Bible through Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Simply search for Know Your Bible or Bishop Caldwell in either app. Tap the subscribe button and Know Your Bible will come to you automatically each time an episode is posted. Enjoy! Now the question is... There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy and girl. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I 
I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.